Don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Hello, and welcome to season two, episode eight of our podcast series, the podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. I am Sheila, your host, and with me today is guest from this village, Gail, joining in remotely from Germany. Hello, Danny, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Thank you so much, and happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. So who is Danny? Danny is a corporate escapee. She's from a village in the Philippines. That's why my brand or my site is called This Village Girl. And I quit my job without any plans, any savings, any reasons why I wanted out. All I wanted was just not to be part of something called life or adulting i didn't want to participate and so that was me already moving from from the philippines i was already working for a bank and then it was the the job was paying good and i was already having fun and all the things that an adult who's you know enjoying everything that the the money coming from the job is allowing her to do however still felt empty and so even if I didn't want to work with a bank again an offer came an offer came an offer came up Um, this was in Malaysia and just so for me to have a new beginning I accepted it even if I was just going to do the same thing and so the same thing, the same pattern, same life, and just a different, different place, but just the same me. And then just one day, I realized that I didn't want it anymore. And so my parents were, my parents were in Germany that time. And so it was like a silent scream for help and you know cry. And so I went home to them. But you know, reality that I needed to, I needed money to fund the life that I wanted, even if I didn't know what that life was at that time. Mm. I didn't know what kind of life I wanted to to have or wanted to leave. And so I just tried and tried and tried. And I hopped from every odd job that I knew that's available, everything that comes up. I was just, you know, picking it up and I was peppering my life, my days, you know, just not to have any vacant and I dated and I tried all those just so I would not, you know, deal with the reality that there is something about, about myself that, you know, doesn't fit, doesn't quite, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't fit. And it was a mess. And, you know, the thing was I needed to face the reality that my parents were thinking that I was such a disgrace, not probably disgrace, but a failure because not just a failure because I failed, but for them as my parents, because for them, having my life already in order, not for them to think about me and what the future will be for me would be, you know, a, yeah, still considered as failure for them as parents, because probably they were not able to guide me and, you know, bring me to a place where, you know, normal parents should be directing their their children children mm-hmm. yeah and so that's the story of yeah that 
that that is who Danny is. Hey. And then the following years after escaping the corporate world, it became more of like journey towards towards myself and everything, all the inner work all the healing and all the patterns and all the unlearning that I would I would be saying. I would be calling it unlearning. Okay. Do you think that you have any regrets leaving the corporate world? Do you have no. regrets? No. No, I, I don't. I, I, actually, I, I was just, this call, uh, this, this call, not call, this question I got two days ago, like, I, I got a question from a friend asking if the question was like this do you miss anything by not being able to do what you studied and what you were doing yeah. before yeah and I was like no because aside from aside from having my my own blog and also my own podcast and my brand I studied communication arts and even if I didn't know what I what I could do with it after school because after getting that degree I mm-hmm. worked for banks and customer service yeah. and so it wasn't it also were not was not aligned to what I studied and learned only after only after I quit my job and my life that you know I I got into writing that I got into you know, keeping all my thoughts and writing them all down, that even without knowing, that's also where life led me yeah. to what I studied. And so, yeah, I still can do, it's like, it's just, it, it seems or it appears that I am not doing anything related to what I have learned in the university, but in reality, I am actually applying everything or if not everything, more than what I've learned from, you know, from the school. And I know, I guess it, I, I can say that you know that because in the school, they, did, they just teach you all the theories. Yeah. But all of the things, we learn yeah. it as we do it, as we go, as you along. go along. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. I think I heard someone say, and I think it's a fact, that especially your first degree actually just molds you up. So in your first degree, you can fit anywhere. Hmm. Because you've actually been groomed to do things on your own, if you want that to do true. that way, except those who did specific things like medicine and, you know, in the pharmacy and all those people, then they go that way. But anyone else who did anything else in other, because I did arts, I okay. went in the arts field. And when I came out of the, of the university, everyone else was going into banking and they were mm. accepting them in the banks. But somebody will think, what is an art student doing in a bank? But they were yeah. accepting them and they were working there professionally and you know they were getting their salaries and all so I think that um, our first degree actually helps us cut across depending on what your interests are your desires are your goals are it is your is your um, interest you're like your desire is what will push you because you have the knowledge and you know what to put together like if you want the business side you know how to get your business started based on the um, um, training you've had from the university you should be able to go that way like if you don't want to go exactly what you studied in school but let me ask you do you have satisfaction in what you're doing now yes you do and I believe that the the most important for me the most important thing is to impact life and in our in the previous podcast we had last week the lady who came on age 84 she came on the 
podcast to share her story, how she started, and she was a she was a renowned British designer. She wow. used to go for the royals and for all those people. And mm. when I look at her at that age, she is still working. Mm-hmm. She tells me that I don't see myself not working anytime soon. She mm-hmm. doesn't see herself not working anytime soon. She sees herself still working. So she thinks of it and she cannot stop. So when I look at her, I get inspired because mm-hmm. at that yeah. age, if she's still working, then, you know, we should, I, can't, I can't see myself stopping anytime. I'm like right. half her age now. So if I'm at half her age, we cannot stop. You get it. And I think that podcast with Sheila, basically, that is what it is to inspire people. Because sometimes we live our lives and we get lost, you know, as we go along, we get lost. And sometimes we don't even have people to direct us, do it this way, do it that way. We just get lost in ourselves and we, we, you know, we don't feel like doing anything again. But I believe that through podcasts, like from your story, somebody in that state now, but you have been there and you've passed it and you've been able to do something with it. But somebody in that state now will be listening to your story and will say, oh, this is what she did. She actually mm-hmm. sat down, reflected on what she can actually do, the impact she can make in people's lives. And she went that way and she's doing that. So basically that is what Podcast with Sheila does. And it's exciting to hear your story because you had come from the banking sector and then you wanted to actually find yourself and do something on your own. And that is what you're doing. I believe you are, you are, you are changing lives. I believe you are touching people with your story and people who are lost and don't know what to do at this point will be listening and thinking, oh, she did this, she did that. And she's been able to, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share this story with us today. I'm so glad. Thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you so much. Um, that's a very, that's a very uh, beautiful way to put it. But because uh, at first I didn't see it like that. I didn't really believe that what I am doing is you know something that could be useful for me it's just to regulate and soothe myself because you know uh, where I am from mental health spirituality personal development anything that leads to things like like this doesn't almost exist because we are supposed to be finding ways on how to make money fast so fast that we it's like burning out or it's like burnout it's like you know being always tired all the time and just being on 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 autopilot you know when you have job it's like a badge of honor yeah and it's like it's it's just it's just until now for me it's I wouldn't call that it's just like it's it's just for me if it's helping other people you know find their way their their ways towards themselves and to what their hearts are telling them for me I have paid the rent for you know just existing in this lifetime and thank you so much for having me I'm glad you came I'm glad you came you know one thing I want you to enlighten us all a little bit about the Philippines you know tell us something remarkable about the Philippines it could be the culture the people I know the people are lovely because I know the Philippines and the Malaysians they are a bit alike I don't know if your culture mm-hmm. and everything is, but I've met somebody from Malaysia and she was so heartwarming, you know, she's so real, she's lovely at heart and she is pure. You know, when you see a human being, you can say this is pure. These days, most of us, sometimes you can't even tell the face behind the face. 
You get it. Yeah. You look at the person and you're not sure what you're getting. But when you see this lady, believe me, she is just genuine. And I know from where you come from, most of you are like that. I think I, I was discussing with my husband. He, he said, oh, people from Malaysia, those people are really, really nice. And I think when I got ill at the hospital, the, the nurse who attended to me was also Malaysian. And she was so sweet. You get it. You are so sick. You can't help yourself. But when I see her, I know she'll do the best for me. You get it. So anytime she's on duty that night, I can I can sleep and know, you know. So tell us a little bit about the Philippines, some remarkable landmarks. Let us learn a little bit about your country. Okay. When you mentioned, you know, when you mentioned Malaysia and meeting a person, a friend yeah. from Malaysia, yeah. for me, you know, for me, Philippines is home. But Malaysia, if I'm going to find a word that describe how or what Malaysia is to me, it's like, it's, I would call it like first home, even yeah, compared to, to, yeah. to the Philippines, even if I love also the Philippines. Philippines and Malaysia, yes, I would agree with you that they're, they're almost the same. Almost, almost the same. And the first thing, or it's it's the people. It's really the people in the Philippines and it, in Malaysia. I would not say Malaysia, but Malaysia. It's also it's yeah. also I, it to me. When my I lived there for two years, and I never had any problems with the people, the warmth, the the friendliness, and the and how hospitable they are. Also, yeah. And it's not it. it was a bit surprising because probably that was not I was expecting that you know compared to Germany people are you know in the Philippines if we meet you if we know that you're not from the Philippines same day when we see you in five minutes okay you'll come over for dinner and we will show you everything and yeah that's that's it wow. for in Malaysia it's also like that okay after you know in the office it's like okay let's go to Jalan Alor let's go to this place where we can eat durian or street food I was like yeah okay yeah. let's go and in Germany, people are like so they have they they have I wouldn't say wall, but they need more time to warm up. I get it. But uh, so they have different different kinds of warmth and friendliness and love. It's just that they are more guarded. Yeah. But when when Germans love you, they really love you. Oh. And the the thing that I appreciate about Germans are they're so straightforward. It's like they don't wrap anything, you know, yeah. with, with sugar and all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they say it's <laughs> yes, they they directly they don't use metaphor or euphemism <laughs> like what we do in the Philippines so much. Yeah. But one thing that I, you know, the Filipinos are so friendly and they're so warm. And you know, I thought that, you know, in the Philippines, it's like everyone is your friend. You're, you can survive without without food because your your neighbor <laughs> your neighbor your family from the other house or from the next town if you know it, it, you're just invited you're just always invited and I thought you know when I came here in Germany I thought that everyone is my friend I was just always smiling and all even if they think they're probably I look like you know like yeah, a, yeah an idiot like always <laughs> smile like always smiling. But the Philippines, we have like 7,100 something islands in there. Oh, wow. 
Yes, and it's really beautiful. It, the food is also cheap. Also, of course, if you're com- converting from pounds or from euros, yeah. so yeah, it is. It is really, it's really, and the beaches and all of those things. It's Philippines. I would, I would say, in Asia, it's, it's, it's a different, a different. It's, it's paradise. And I also lately I was getting questions like. What are you what are you doing here in a very cold Germany or very cold Europe? I would be in paradise in the Philippines and I'd be like, in the Philippines, yes, but if you live like I was nearly how old that was I? How old was I when I left? Maybe 27 or before I turned 28. And so if you spent if you spent more than half of your life in the Philippines or like three decades in the Philippines, and then you live, you get to live in a different, in a different um, country or place where you have different, different seasons. You also get to experience a different kind of falling in love with the place and all of the changing seasons and the colors. But what I can say about, you know, my country is that, yeah, the food, the people, and those are, those are our, landmarks I would say but I would always recommend the the beaches and the countryside not so much the not not so much the the, the city, city. Okay. the city it's yeah congested and okay. the traffic jam is a bit you know complicated okay but it's the people it's the people okay so what was life like growing up in the Philippines what was your childhood like my childhood it's my childhood fondest memory of my childhood because we are from from a village i remember that our streets are not paved and not cement it's just like it's dirt dirt road and when it rains it gets really muddy and some parts of it they have holes like little like little holes field of water and well, I okay. my fondest memory would be like it's like flood little little flood okay. I remember just coming home from the school and just jumping, jumping into in them puddles yeah puddles and my grandmother is like ah, you're not supposed to do that you're gonna get really dirty and you're gonna get yeah. sick later and so those are simple really simple I grew up really playing dust and all just the leaves and all as money as play money and we we play kitchen using all of the leaves and yeah. the grasses. Yeah. And I I remember I was I I was not born in the village. I was I I was born in 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 the city. City. But I think I was five or six years old when we moved back uh, to the village. Okay. My parents my parents needed to work in the city, and then I had my brother. And I remember taking all of my toys like normal, normal toys there, like dolls, Barbie dolls, and <laughs> all the no- jumping ropes and all. In the village, it's, I didn't know that. I, did, I, I didn't know, or I was too young to remember. Like, my playmates there, like, hey, come on, let's play. We're going to play um, jumping rope. And I said, yeah, okay, I have two or three at home. No, no, we have to go to the farm so that we can get <laughs> vines. Okay? And then they... <laughs> vines and they just you know tie it like together like in the end and then they they, they convert it into jumping ropes. jumping ropes jump, okay. jumping ropes and I was like no you don't do that no 
So I now I understand that the reason why they do that it's because you know it's simpler people. It means that in the village, in the village, um, the the access to you know money and all it's it's harder. The life there it's it's harder. Yeah. And so that's why that's that was their those were their their toys. Yeah. And so the, that's the childhood for me. Do you think that sometimes when you don't have too much, you're able to reinvent? Somebody said we are at our best when we are broke. So when you don't mm. have money, you, mm-hmm. you reinvent yourself. You think, of, you think of a lot of things, you know, to be able to put things together and make it go for you. But when you have money, you get relaxed. You don't even get creative. Yeah. We are very creative at our peak when we are broke. Do you believe yes. that? Yes, I really believe that not just because growing up in the village, we didn't have money, but I understood that in a different way when I quit my job and I didn't have money anymore. And I didn't, you know, I had to do odd jobs because I didn't want to be part of the corporate world again, despite, you know, having, having a degree. I didn't, I didn't want that. It's because, you know, I couldn't also explain why I was behaving such pain. And so I was broke. I was I was a young adult. I was already an adult and I was broke. And that led me to become a minimalist. And that led me to become really resourceful and extra clever, which I am very thankful because if I did not, you know, experience that during my adult um, years, I probably would not understand a lot of things. And I wouldn't really appreciate all the little things that I am appreciating now compared to when I had my job or when my parents were were earning more and you know I was just a spoiled brat because we had more money yeah so it was it's a different it's a good experience it's a good experience that you can get to experience living in bare minimum exactly Exactly, exactly. Another thing I've come to realize is that our uh, experiences or our challenges actually shape us to become better people. You can't get it anywhere unless you've experienced it. Somebody cannot feed the experience to you. Somebody can only tell you about it, but you have to experience it for that experience to be yours, you know, to make a change in your life. That is something I've learned along the line. You cannot get it anyway until you've gone through it and then you've yes. made your own mistakes and then you can actually, oh, that's so good. I read your post that said that as you get older, you get comfortable in being alone. Do you believe that growth comes with loneliness? Yes, this is saddest, the saddest, there's there's a more, how, how should I phrase that? There's a sadder, version of being alone that is when you're when you're surrounded by a lot of people but then you still feel alone because the the connection that you're craving you just can't get you just you just couldn't get it so as I as I realized and as I realized that you know being alone it was it's it's one of it is still the biggest challenge that I am, you know, trying to overcome, but I am also realizing that being alone and being alone with myself, if I'm liking myself, it's not so bad at all. It's, it's, when you're, I think when you're, I I realize that I am really growing old or getting old, 
is that when I enjoy peace and then when I'm so excited to come back home and just enjoy all things that all the little things like reading or just you know just on the couch or just cleaning those are the things and then yeah growth comes with you know loneliness but I'd rather I'd rather be alone than with people who make me feel like I don't belong yeah 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 uh yeah yes. and in, even if you try your best to always you know it's just like why am I saying something why am I doing something is that really for my for me for myself and it's it's tiring and yeah. when you get to reach that point that you're so tired to you know prioritize other people's happiness I think you I think uh, being alone or enjoying time spent being alone becomes sweeter and it gets sweeter and sweeter every day have you been in a situation where you were giving out love to people but you weren't getting anything returned where yes. you felt a lot of rejection and like you said you didn't feel like you belong or people looked at you in a different way and then you know sometimes people look at mm -hmm. you from afar and then mm -hmm. they put their own conclusions to what they see yes you get it she's saucy she's not friendly she's not yeah. nice but they've never met you they don't they they, they say i know her but they don't mm -hmm. know you yeah they only they've, they've only seen you a couple of times pass by but then mm -hmm. they can they can talk yes. and say hurtful things have you been in mm -hmm. that state before what do yes. you do because i know a lot of people are going through this i have been there and i know people are still going through that how do you deal with something like that i've experienced that in different stages of my life and until i think last year but you know when i was still in the philippines or when i was still in asia i would say that i'd really i didn't know that but I, I hate silence. So I made sure to make my friends laugh. And I made sure to always look my best. You know, when I was younger, when I was still in Asia, both the Philippines and in Malaysia, I was, I was really living from paycheck to paycheck. And I thought, because I thought I was a Kardashian, I was such a, such a fashion, what's that, fashion victim. Okay. And I was always on social media. And I started reading Cosmopolitan magazine, 17, Candy mm -hmm. magazines when I was still young. I think I was, yeah. I think I was um, 15 years old. I was 15 years old and I started that. And because I felt so, I felt so out of place because, you know, Asians are skinny. Asians have... Asians have long black straight hair. I didn't look the same. And so I was always comparing myself. Why do I, why am I bigger than them? And so I'm, I was not, you know, I'm not pretty enough. And so there was really a phase in my life where all I did was just to work out, not eat, shop, and research for jokes and how to make other people happy and like me. 
and and like me because because these are what the magazines are saying this is how to be likable and this is how to be beautiful and this is how you're supposed to look like and so i didn't realize it's only later on that when when i started really sitting with myself to see why i am why i was behaving Uh, the way that I was behaving, that I realized that it was really to please people. Yeah. It was to make them real, to to make me feel good that they, you know, it's like getting validation from them that I that I am worth to be I, that it's it's that I'm worth of love, that I'm worth of worthy to be respected, mm-hmm. that I am lovable, and so all the love that I should be giving to myself, I was. I was expecting that other people will give you other people will be giving it to me and it was it was really uh it was it it took me maybe hundreds of took me hundreds of personal development books and I tried to apply it And then that's how I started also having and creating my own habits. And then I just, then that made me start to accept myself as I am. And I really don't care. And I just go my own way. And then I just follow the path where my heart and my soul is trying to to take me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that's how I I changed it, and that's how it's really a total self um, reinvention for me, because if I until now if I look at my old pictures, that's not me. That's not. <laughs> I get me. it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now you've you've grown, and you know exactly who you are and what you want. So in the past you were living a life that was actually not you a life from the magazines and from the books but life experiences i believe is life experiences has given you this realization of who you actually are now and i believe what you are now you are so comfortable in your skin nothing can shake you nothing at all i believe this is good this is good. are you married No, yeah. never, n- never. I've never been married. You've never been married. So never been um, married. what are some of the challenges you face? Because I know that sometimes, I know that the Asians and the Africans have a few things in common. Like at your age, they'll be asking, when are you getting married? And when you get married, when are the children coming? You know, they're on your <laughs> neck like that. What are some of the challenges you face as a single woman? And how have you dealt with some of these pressure from the marital angle? I am she I am 34 and in my country I am already an old maid. I am already an old maid. I, I know that. It's just similar <laughs> to where I come from. So yeah. I resonate with you. Yeah. <laughs> totally understand. Yeah. And first that helped me is moving to Germany where people are you know at 34 or mid 30s they are just doing their masters yeah or their post their postgraduate uh, degrees yes. or their doctorate degrees mm-hmm. but in, in my country I think out yeah 25 when you reach 25 or 23 early 20s wow. they're starting to ask you when are you getting married even if you know this this 
questions. Mm -hmm. When are you getting married? TikTok, TikTok. When are you getting married? When are you going to have a child? And even if we know that we're not yet financially stable, mm -hmm. this people yes. don't know, don't realize that this kind of questions, just to probably, I'm thinking that they are just, you know, mindlessly asking this just yeah. to have something to say Same. because we, we cannot deal with silence and awkward, the awkwardness coming from silence. Yeah. And so, and so they ask this kind of questions without realizing the psychological effect mm -hmm. to the person that they are, they're, you yeah, know, giving this, yeah. The, yeah, the, the questions that they are asked. Yeah. And for, for me, it's at first it was it was hard but actually looking back now that i have you know been mastering the, the mm -hmm. art of digging deeper <laughs> i found out that i was 27 and that was you know i was not scared that i wouldn't be married or something mm -hmm. there was still something inside me that you know wanted to yeah always asking what's what's life about what's Probably there's something beyond, way beyond that, or you know. Then my neighbor started, my neighbor started, you know, giving hints that he wanted to, he wanted to have a child and he wanted, you know, us to be together. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, we were not yet together, but it's like, you know, in a village like ours, it's normal. It's yeah. normal. And so probably. I've written I've written in one of my posts in my blog in my post in my blog saying that probably if I did not leave um, the Philippines I would be married to my okay. neighbor planting planting sweet potatoes nothing is wrong with that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nothing is wrong with that it's just that it's just that I dared to ask even if I didn't I could not phrase my own question and without knowing it that answered the question why I couldn't get married. It also happened in Malaysia. I have re I received a couple of you know marriage proposals, and even here in Germany, it's so that I don't know. But what I know is that there, you know, when I found my purpose in life, other things don't matter. Don't matter so much anymore. Okay. It's like two two days ago when I had this conversation with a friend, with a new friend. And I appreciate this, this kind of question because it, it, it leads me to dig deeper. Those are the questions that I have not asked myself yet. The question was, what will you feel? What will you feel if in this lifetime you will not get to have a child because the ex-girlfriend mentioned that the, the reason that the ex-girlfriend the ex-wife okay the reason why they they got divorced is because she could not con conceive and oh. so they wanted to go to they wanted to go to africa to adopt okay. to adopt a child but the guy is uh, the, the guy already has a son okay. and so for him it's not it's not a big deal yeah for for the girl for the lady it's like all or nothing it's like if I cannot bear a child, if like if if I can I can't conceive, then I have to adopt. Yeah. And then and then it's like for her, it's like having a child. What my my reply to that was, it's okay if I'm not going to have a child in this lifetime. 
I'm not going to beat myself up or my body for not being able to bear a child. That's that's not prob probably that's other women's calling, but probably mine is different, and right. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. You know. From what you said, sometimes we overwork ourselves for no reason. And then sometimes too, we also think that every woman on earth should have a child. We can all be mothers, but we may not, the children may not be ours, like from us. But like you said, you can adopt or you can help take care of somebody's child and the person can call you mother and it's the same thing. But we work ourselves for nothing. I remember when, before, I, I think I've shared this a, number, a couple of times or a number of times, too many times on podcasts, that I said that medically they said I couldn't have children. I, for me, I just lived my life. Because yes. the, the only thing on my head was money, you know. Because mm. I knew once I'm able to make money, I'll be comfortable. Yeah. Once I'm able to yeah. make money. So my, my mind was on working and making money, working and making money. So having children was at the back of my, my mind. So when I met my husband, I think the first thing I told him was, medically, they said I can't have children. And he said, when I look at you, there is nothing telling me you can't have children. Mm. Nothing tells me you cannot. So mm -hmm. he, he ruled that out. So I was there waiting. If it comes, I'm fine. If it doesn't, I'm still okay. Yes. But it came. And when it came, it came with challenges. You get it. So I think sometimes we work ourselves for no reason. Like when they told me I couldn't have children and I was, you know, every time mourning over it, thinking, thinking, am I going to have children? Am I not? Am I going to have children? It's actually taking the best of you. So instead of focusing on something productive, you're always worried about the children. But sometimes when you take your mind off that, you see the children just come. When you're not yeah. expecting it, you just get pregnant and the children are here. When you're not expecting it, the door just opens. But when we keep pressuring ourselves over one situation, then the situation just brings us down and we don't get the best of ourselves and we can't do anything else. Oh, wow, this is nice. And I, I'm great the conversation has gone this way for us to be able to bring out, you know, this part of it for others to know that we don't need to overwork ourselves when something is not happening. If it's not happening, it's not happening for a reason. At the right time, it will happen. But Alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can the you perfect say? perfect timing. Exactly, the perfect time, it will. What can you say to someone who looks in the mirror and hates what they see? I don't like my face. I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Oh, my tummy's too big. My arms are too big. Or what else? You can look at yourself. Why are things not working for me? Why am I not getting a job? Why am I not married? Why am I not having a job? Like, what can you say to somebody? We've talked about this still, but what, what specific can you think can you say to somebody like that? They look at themselves in the mirror and they don't like the image they see. What can you say to them? That is a very good question. Yeah. For someone who has who had looked in the mirror and hated what she saw. For me, what worked was just saying to myself, I love you. Even if most days I did not feel that what I was saying to myself, that I love you, it wasn't, it didn't feel, you know, real even to myself. 
But every day when I started saying that, just say to your face, to your body, that you, I love you. It's one day it's going to click. And then, for example, my stomach, my arms, and I said, my hips or my thighs. I was like, thank you so much for allowing me to run or to walk 15 minutes today. Change, exchange, you change your words to affirmations and gratitude. Yeah. That instead of looking for the negative ways, it's hard. I know it's so easy to say, it's so easy to say this, but the application. It's really hard. But, you know, these affirmations, once you have, you know, reframed or rephrased all of the limiting beliefs and the negative words that are inside your head, it takes time. For me, it took 30, 33 years. <laughs> for me, it took 33 years for that. Or probably when I could not remember anymore. Maybe I was five or six years old when I, you know, I saw my, my cheeks. And my parents, even if they didn't, you know, if, if my parents or my family didn't really realize the effect of, the, of their words. For yeah. them, I was like the bouncing cute baby girl, the yeah. chubby little kid. Yeah. And they would call me in my, in, in my language, we, you call the person who is on the bigger side, taba. Taba means fat okay. in our language. Okay. They gave it to me as my nickname. Nickname. And so... It's in me, it's inside me, it's embedded so deeply in me that whenever something goes wrong, I would automatically blame that fat kid, that fat word, yeah. that I am not you know, worthy of attention, any value. But my parents or my family or the, um, my loved ones didn't intend that. You know, they, they just found me cute and then they gave me something like a pet name just mm-hmm. so we would be, you know, like we're close. Yeah. Like a, a term of uh, endearment. Yeah. But yeah. the psychological effect was so bad mm-hmm. that even until the time that you're already an adult, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And so for someone, for someone who's hating their bodies or what, whoever they see in the mirror, ask yourself first, to whom this voice or this hatred who owned it? Who owns this voice? Yeah. Who owns all of these negative things that you hate so much about you? Who owns them? Whose voice is that? Yeah. Like for me, it would be like, okay, my aunt or my auntie or my, my aunt or my uncle, just because they find they found me cute when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. But because I because I was seeing in the in the magazine that you know skinny girls are more lovable, mm-hmm. they get more attention, they're mm-hmm. nicer, mm-hmm. and so I thought that I wasn't nice, I wasn't lovable. It's because I'm fat, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 what I'm going to tell the person that ask yourself or write down all of the all of this ugly words that you hear in your head when you look in the mirror and then classify who owns this and how can I change how can you change it it's okay if it doesn't work in in a year or two but at some point I am sure it will work exactly exactly 
exactly. This is beautiful. It is so inspiring. And I think we've shared, we shared, we've shared a lot of salient points, salient things here that anybody who's listening to it can get something out of this podcast. Really, even me, I'm getting something out of it. When I was young, I think when I was small, you know, I come from a part in Ghana that it looks like almost anybody who comes from there has a big nose. Hmm. And it's from um, the Eastern region of Ghana. So when I was young, I remember some naughty boys in my class, when they want to tease me, then they'll be laughing at my nose. But me, when I was growing up, I had a big mouth, you know, everything I'll just talk and I was, <laughs> I'll just talk them down. I wouldn't yeah. let that, you know, get my way. But there are mm-hmm. other children who may not be like me, who cannot yeah. voice out. You can't tell me my nose is big and laugh at me and go free. It won't happen. But there are other children who will just suck this all in and will not be able to, you get it, be themselves. That is bullying, isn't it? In a way. And I think that is outright no. So if anybody is listening to us, your children are doing it, you are doing it to your children, or, you know, I think that we have to learn to stop these things. And sometimes we have to be able to say positive things positive things because the words we speak out in the open are what will work for us so when we say positive things about ourselves I don't if my nose if you look at me it looks beautiful so you cannot look at me and laugh at my nose and go free the moment you do that I'm also looking at something on you and I'm telling you you get it <laughs> I remember I heard something somebody said that when somebody asks you so when are you getting married ask the person so when are you dying <laughs> yeah <laughs> <You get> to... <laughs> that's so, a good one yeah so you you have to you have to be ready you have to be so confident to be ready to stand for yourself and to fight for yourself nobody will fight for you at no level nobody's going to fight for you you as a person will have to stand and fight for yourself because nobody will do that for you not even your parents nobody because they are not always there for you so you should be able to no, when you have to say no, no, and always encourage yourself. And I think we've, we've shared a lot of things on this podcast that is going to inspire people when they listen to it. And I'm so glad you came. So where can our listeners connect with you? Thank you so much again for having me here. And I'm so sorry that we got delayed because of yes. my other... No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And so... Um, I have a blog. It's called um, thisvillagegirl.com. And I am also on Instagram at this village girl. Great, great. So what would be your final words to our listeners? For all of you who are listening to this today, I'd say that you're not alone. Whatever you're going through right now, you are not alone. And if you feel alone, use this feeling to, you know, close your eyes and listen to whatever your your soul is trying to tell you all the answers and all the love is already there it's waiting to come out yes. help it come out sure this is beautiful and i'll say i'd like to say thank you very much for coming today and i'm glad you were able to make it thank you very thank much thank you and thank you so much it's a pleasure oh. it's nice meeting you <laughs>
Nice meeting you too. So if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode eight of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new podcast is released. We have a video presentation of this show on our YouTube channel. If you would like to see us in pictures, just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you would find us. On this note, we would like to say a massive thank you to all our listeners from the 18 countries around the world. This show continues to grow stronger and stronger because of your support. Podcast with Sheila is aired on eight listening platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and YouTube. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this episode if you were inspired by it. Until we meet again in a fortnight. Thank you.